As human beings, we have a problem. We have some deep intrinsic wiring that suggests to our systems and our brains and our hearts and our minds that we may live in a world of scarcity. But the truth is, the things that matter most, love, joy, adventure, those things are abundant. And the more we treat them with a spirit of abundance, remarkably, the more we end up with. Today on the Weekly Walk podcast, Eric and I are going to explore our thoughts on scarcity versus abundance. We're going to talk a little bit about his CrossFit journey and an antelope as a metaphor. So if you want to live with more abundance, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. There's only a limited supply of good things out in the world, right? By now, supplies are limited. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like success and happiness and joy. Love. Love. There's, there's only so much. There's only so much to go around. So get yours while you can. And if someone else gets more, doesn't that mean that I am less likely to get any? Oh, yeah. Because if there's a family in Topeka with tons and tons of love, that means they're using way more than their quota. I'm, and you're going to have less. I don't spend much time thinking. No, that's sarcasm, people. <laughs> I don't spend much time thinking about that. It's more about know the people in your immediate circle and friend group right when your friends get the promotion find the guy have the love take the vacation doesn't that mean I'm less likely to get it no no <laughs> but it's funny that I feel like we have we may have some wiring that kind of encourages us to see things through that lens well sure there is a little bit, I'm just sort of thinking off the cuff here, but if you go back to caveman days, right? If if Grog got the hind leg of the antelope and that left you with the scruddy front leg, like your chances of survival maybe went down and Grog's went up. Okay, first of all, there must be other names for cavemen besides Grog. You use Grog all the time, which is hilarious. Grog is my favorite caveman. <laughs> and I think if Grog got the antelope, I'm not even sure he would share the front leg. Well, they're in a tribe, so you have to you have to share. They know they need to be together to survive. But there are limited resources. In Grog's time, yes, but particularly, that's that's a hard resource, I guess. So maybe it's not the best analogy. No, because I... we're looking at at love and joy, and even things that are completely unrelated, like promotions and. I dis I disagree. I think it is a decent analogy because this idea of limited resources is uh, there is some there was a reality to that i think we most of us not all of us but most of us certainly most of the community listening to this podcast are living in a world of a lot of resources and if she gets the promotion if she drives the nicer car that doesn't mean there's not a car for you exactly right exactly but 
you know, that scarcity mindset, I think, is wired into us. It's still yep. prevalent. And one of the things that I came across, like, there are some, there are some signs of having a scarcity mindset. And well, I, before, you, before you talk about signs of a scarcity mindset, I think uh, we've been playing with this idea and sort of being sarcastic. But what, wh- what do you mean by a scarcity mindset? So basically, it means that you look at the world as a zero-sum game. If someone else has more, that automatically means that I have less. So just exactly what it sounds like. The world is made of scarcity. There's not enough resources. I have to get mine. If somebody else gets theirs, that's less for me. There's just scarcity. And that applies to everything from antelope legs to love and caring and promotions and and intangible stuff as well, which I think is we'll we'll talk about. So do you think that this concept of living in scarcity versus abundance as far as where your mindset is, is that the key thing that underlies feelings of envy and jealousy? Is that the is that the wiring that that drives those feelings? Uh, certainly, a huge part of it, uh, envy, uh, jealousy. Sometimes it actually uh, invokes feelings of guilt. Where Why? I'm stopping you. Why? How in the world do you feel guilty when, when somebody that's in your circle in your life has some success and you feel envious of that? How is that guilt? No. <laughs> If you have some success, you feel a little guilty oh, well, because I, you feel like you're taking it away from someone else. Oh, well, that's a whole different – that's that's interesting. All right. Well, let me, <laughs> let me think about but that. But that's part of a scarcity mindset, right? I don't know. Well, we were I, – I, I was focused on feelings of envy and jealousy driving okay. that. So let's, let's deal with that because you're confusing me. Okay. Because <laughs> it's early and I'm easily confused. Gotcha. Okay. So – we were talking about this idea of feelings of scarcity driving negative feelings in you when you see someone else succeed and achieve. Absolutely. And so that envy, that jealousy, sometimes it can even lead to anger and frustration. I think that's all around that sort of scarcity mindset when you see someone driving that fancy car or getting that promotion that you thought you wanted or whatever it is. I don't want either of those things. <laughs> you don't want a fancy car? I don't want a fancy car because you know what happens with a fancy car? What? Moose goes for a walk with us, gets his paws muddy, and then he gets muddy paws all over a fancy car. No fancy cars for us. Yeah, it just doesn't. No. But even with love, so it seems to me that if you see someone in your circle, someone you care about, Oh, I have another thought around this too, uh, who is experiencing great love. I can totally see how that would amplify feelings of loneliness. Yeah. And again, that envy and, and jealousy around that. Yeah. I can totally see how that, that would drive that. Okay. I had another thought, but it flew out of my brain. Okay. So... You, you, do you want to talk about the flip side, which is how you can feel guilty when if you have a scarcity mindset and you, know, you think you live in a world of scarcity 
and maybe you get the promotion, but you know that your friends, Mary and Bob, your colleagues, wanted it as well, and you feel feel guilty. Does, is that driven by a scarcity mindset, or is that what drives those feelings? I think partially, well, you know, partially it's how <laughs> you were brought up from age two to six, but... I think it also is around the fact that there is a scarcity mindset. Whereas if you know, okay, another promotion is going to come along, maybe I'll get promoted, maybe they'll move to a different company and actually get a better job. Just that there are other opportunities for Mary and Bob and not just the, the job that you got, you will have less of those guilt feelings. Well, I guess if you're thinking about it purely in that corporate kind of setting, which does anybody think about life through the lens of a corporate setting? It's been so long since I've been out of that world, I can't even. But to some extent, there are limited. There, okay, so here's the reality. If you're talking corporate and business, and there are only so many spots at the top. There's a reality to scarcity around that. Right, but often there are... I was going to say there are only so many people that want those spots, but I guess most people are pretty motivated to move up the ladder. But even so, if the mindset is Steve got the promotion, so I can get it too, that's not the scarcity mindset. That's more of an abundance mindset. But if you're in the same company, but I don't know why we're spending so much time talking about promotions when I would say probably most people in our community just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just think it's a good analogy. Well, that's the point is I don't know that it's a good analogy, actually, right? When you really dig into it, because if you're all kicking and clawing up the corporate ladder in your company, there are only so many spots. Huh? Good point. So let's talk about love. <laughs> I, right? Let's talk about joy and love and adventure. That's... There's a lot more of that than there are corner offices. Exactly. It's those things which we know are the hallmarks of happy and we know are the hallmarks of the most fulfilling life. And it's those things that are in abundance. And, I mean, here's the amazing thing about joy and love and happiness. You ready? Yeah. More makes more. Yep. Absolutely. Even this morning, I was up kind of early for me and Maddie was walking down the stairs and I gave her a big smile because I was happy to see her this morning and happy to see her. Sometimes she even leaves for school before I'm sort of out of my shower bathroom routine and I don't get to see her. And she's she was like, Dad's in a good mood. So it's like she smiled and she was all perky and in a good mood. And then she said something to you and like it just spread that's the thing. Joy, happiness, and love spreads abundance. And I totally get it when you're feeling, this is the, the challenge of this, I think. When you're feeling crappy, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling not abundant, <laughs> and you see other people living with joy, it's really easy to kind of feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, and 
you know, it's it's hard to to think, oh, you know, I'm in a bad mood or whatever, but I'm not in a, I'm not in a great relationship. But ooh, that could happen to me, <laughs> right? It's just it's hard to shift that mindset. It's really really hard, uh, but I think recognizing that at least some of that that is driven by this wired scarcity mindset. I guess my thought is everybody out there at those moments when you see other people living in more joy, more abundance, more love, more whatever, just think about the antelope legs (laughs) (laughs) and realize that love, joy, adventure, happiness is not an antelope. Poor antelope. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if you can change that thought and this is so much of what we talk about and look at and improving our mind, mood and body is is just about sort of changing that little mindset. And I have a funny story about something that happened to me just yesterday or day before yesterday. Anyway, changing that thought from look at them, they're so happy to Look at them. Good for them. That's all you have to do. And then move on. So you're just trying to rewire those little thoughts. And it's it's going to take time. I totally want to name this podcast. Love, joy, and happiness are not an antelope. <laughs> are not, not an antelope that you caught and are about to eat? <laughs> No, I don't want to add that part. Just the antelope part? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. So you have a story of a moment that you were living in. So let me stop for a second. Let me just halt. Okay. Mm -hmm. You ready? Yes. So you are in the middle of CrossFit competition season. Yes. And you are chasing a spot at the games. Yes. And there are only 10 of them. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's a world of scarcity. <laughs> That's a world of scarcity. In order to advance, you need to be in the top 10. And that means it's male and female. So I will say men. Everybody else has to be behind you. It's like wired scarcity. Not wired. It's like defined. This is scarcity. So how do you, and the doctor is in, right? How do you cheer for your friends when you know the only way you achieve your goal is if you beat them. And, and why is it that we as a culture create these artificial systems of scarcity? I have a theory about it, but go. Well, first, I'm only cheering for nine friends. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, I'm going to be brutally honest, so... The, in that's the final qualification stage. The earlier qualification stages are, I'm not going to say easy, but but pretty attainable. And I'm messaging with people. I'm on the phone. I'm supporting them. You know. That's what you've been doing for the last six weeks. Oh yeah, every day, every minute. Um, so you know, yeah, bro, you can do this. You got this. Got your back. You know, you have some confidence and go for it. I'm not going to have that attitude going into the final stage. I'm not going to be like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them good luck and 
won't Ever. mean it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not going to wish anybody ill, but I'm not going to, like, boost their confidence, give anybody a pep talk, or or even give them some advice. I've been sure, you know, a couple All right. of us. Yeah. Anyway, it's a world of scarcity. But and we were going through this exercise. It's not the most important thing to me. The most important thing is my family, love, building this business, and those things are in a world of abundance. I choose this competitive season, and I choose to be in this world of scarcity, but my, my life, my surroundings, you know, when you look at the fact I have a roof over my head, I have hot water that comes out of this spigot, I have a warm dog to pet, my family, food, all those things, you know, the world is a world of abundance. For you, not for everyone. Not everyone has a roof over their head and hot water and a dog to pet. <laughs> Correct. Um, so I do think you got to be careful when you define abundance as material things. And you know, you, we've got to, um, not to use the cliche, but we have to recognize our privilege in this. But it seems to me that people who live with privilege have almost an obligation to see the world as a place of abundance and share their abundance. I mean, I've heard stories, and I don't know if I've read articles or listened to podcasts, whatever, about like how competitive billionaires are and how they feel that if billionaire X has three billion, that they're like, upset and cranky that they only have two and a half and they feel like they have to get more and they have to I mean how insane is that I, for sure for sure but it I think I don't know because I'm not a billionaire but I think it Yet. is <laughs> it's a growth mindset that's another podcast <laughs> I think it has something to do with and again, like, I don't know, I'm not a billionaire, nor am I any kind of therapist, but I think it has something to do with how you define your sense of value and self-worth. Mm. Uh, but I'm curious about something. Okay. Going back to this uh, idea of uh, CrossFit competition season as artificially created scarcity, I wonder if we do that or if you do that, because I don't do that, but if people choose to do that because it tickles that scarcity competition mindset that's so deeply embedded and ingrained in us that some people have to scratch that itch. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you live, you're pretty good about living in an abundance mindset as far as life and joy and love and all of those things and yet you have or maybe I shouldn't say you have like maybe you have an itch to scratch around needing that level of competition is that an interesting theory yeah I, th I think so and I also think that there's like some dopamine and hormonal response like that for some reason I like and the nervousness of preparing for competition, the, the anxiety for, for 
me, there's a, a clock and it's three, two, one, go. And the anxiety that builds up in the 30 seconds before the three, two, one, go, you know, just releases all kinds of good and bad and stress and cortisol and all this stuff that apparently I must like. Cause <laughs> I put myself in this situation every year and other, other similar situations. So yeah. You could, so there's a new uh, podcast out, the Huberman Lab, which is a podcast I often listen to, all about dopamine. You could be a dopamine addict. Just saying. You think? (laughs) (laughs) Have you met me? All right. So some advice. If we have established that we, left to our own devices, could have a tendency, many of us could have a tendency to see the world through more of a scarcity mindset, and it's therefore something that we need to work on. Any thoughts on how we do that? Any practical advice for how we shift from a feeling of scarcity to a feeling of abundance? Well, I'll share a personal story from the other day. And often, I, I kind of feel like the most times I'm in a world of scarcity is when it when it comes to time because I'm often impatient and in a rush which as I was reading is a big sign of living in a world of scarcity wait stop I'm gonna stop you there because I actually did not read about that and I feel time crunched all the friggin time yeah so there's well (laughs) you know where I'm going with this right yeah time is finite we are living in a in scarce time i'm running out of time dude Uh, well that that, right time is an antelope (laughs) second possible title time is an antelope so anywho i was in a in a hurry and i stop into uh panera to get a cup of coffee and there's someone in line in front of me who is very very slow and they're taking their just time to pull out their Panera card. And all I want is a cup of coffee. Like, I just want to give my $3 and get a cup of coffee. And just to put this in context, Eric was on his way to the CrossFit competition to do. So he was all amped up. And as I'm sitting there, I'm just thinking, this is a good time to practice your patience. This is a good time. This is happening to me so I can be better and become a more patient person. And this is sort of the mantra going through my head. And then as she's like fumbling for her Panera card, she finally finds it. And then the woman behind the, the counter is like, okay, that'll be six seventy five. And I almost blurted out, oh my God, she hasn't even paid for it yet. <laughs> And then she had to go through her purse looking for the 75 cents. And, but, you know, in my head, I'm like, this is good for me. I'm learning patience. I'm practicing my patience. And it it did help. Like, I didn't come out of there all, like, you know, angry and rah, rah. I like, that was just, you know, the, so the, the sort of tip is, like, almost fake it till you make it or have a mantra or when you see that new couple in love instead of feeling maybe anger or resentment or at least say good for them even if you don't feel it just say it you can even like mutter it like good for them you know and or say it in your head tip number one okay so you want 
thousands of people out there walking through their day muttering, good for them. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Try to say it with a little bit of kindness, but yes. So it is, like so many of the things we talk about, an intentional effort to shift mindset a little bit. Yep. For sure. And I think another thing that's so important, and we talk about this also in many contexts, is surrounding yourself with people who share a spirit of abundance. And I think about friends of mine. And without question, I have friends who live with a spirit of abundance. Not all the time. And that's the thing. Even if you are someone who lives with a spirit of abundance, sometimes you're going to feel crappy because none of us are perfect. But I also have friends who see the world through a lens of resentment around other people's success. Why them? Why not me? And that feeling that if they have x y and z it means less for me so sort of tip practical tip number two is really try to cultivate people in your life who share that spirit of abundance and goodness and the cliche of a rising tide lifts all boats yeah and you know look at it this way if if you're out and you see that couple in love and you're having coffee with your your friend Irene and Irene looks at that couple and and genuinely goes good for them like you know you're gonna be like yeah okay good for them like it's it's just gonna spread and and improve the way you see the world so surround yourself with with the people that see the world with abundance and here's here's like the the rub of this which is so uh, kind of crazy. But the reality is, if you let's just talk about love, right? So if you see the world through a lens of abundance of love, I guarantee by definition, that means more love comes your way. And that is just crazy to think about, but I know in my heart it's true. If you see the world through a lens in which love is scarce. And if other people have more love, it means there's less love for you. I promise there's less love for you. And if you see the world through a lens of more love equals more love, I promise more love comes your way. That's very deep. Thank you. I'm very deep. <laughs> you're, you're Don't, do you think it's true? 100%. I, you know, it goes to uh, bias of what you're looking for. You know, the, we talk about if if you're shopping for a red Subaru, you're going to see red Subarus. If you look for love and there's an abundance of love and you feel that way, you're going to see it. It's, it is just very true. It's how the world works. It's how the world works. What else? What else? Um... I don't, I don't know what you like. You just left the building. I don't know what happened. You just went like your face went totally blank. I have no idea what happened. So when you find yourself in situations where it's a negotiation and this can be business, this can be with your kid, with your partner, 
about, you know, a relationship issue or whatever, try to formulate or try to come to a win-win solution. It doesn't have to be I win so you lose. Oh my God, that's so such business talk. Yeah, but I think it's also personal because, again, I was uh, I ran across something that's like in a relationship and you get in an argument, do you have to be right? Exactly. And if by right, that sort of means you win? That Right. That's the point, right? When you put it in the context, I'm totally interrupting you because now I'm all excited. When you put it in the context of like in a negotiation, look for a win-win, I hear that and I believe in that. But... The exact analogy for that is this need that we often have in relationships and in disagreements and in conflict to be right. Why the hell do we care if we're right? I've gotten so much better about not caring if I'm right. I mean, and in business, I used to fight to be right all the time. And you always said your mantra is to what end? Like I could be right and lose the sale? Or I could just sort of let it go and get the sale in business or in a relationship. I could be right and maybe put that little kink or seed in our relationship that just becomes an irritation. Or I can work with you, talk it out. If I'm wrong, if nobody was wrong, whatever, just not focus on being right, but focus on making our relationship better and increasing that love in the world of abundance. It's hard. (laughs) I actually think in so many interpersonal conflicts, you ready? Yeah. Nobody's right and nobody's wrong. Everybody's right and everybody's wrong to some degree. And then you get into like, well, how much am I right and how much is she wrong? Like, I want to be more than... Like, it's madness because the truth is everybody's right and everybody's wrong. All the time. Pretty much all the time. And as you often say, both of these things can be true. Both people can be right, even fully right. (laughs) Oh, good point. Both people can be right and both people can be wrong. And that doesn't mean it's not valuable to be heard or not important to be heard and have your feelings validated and all of that. But go into the mat to be right. For the sake of being right. (laughs) For the sake of being right. I agree. I think that's driven to some significant extent by a scarcity mindset. How much love can you put out into the world? How much love, how much joy is there for all of us to share and elevate one another? Yeah, so the one thing I I would sort of like to leave with is... When you find yourself in a, in a situation, maybe maybe struggling, maybe presented with something, maybe you, you just feel uncomfortable or, or, or maybe you, you know, you're off the deep end, whatever it is. But first, think to yourself, am I looking at this situation from a point of scarcity or from a point of abundance? And I think that just taking a second to answer that one question can help you sort of cascade or roll into thoughts, actions, 
that are going to lead to just a, a better outcome for you and everybody else involved. I agree. How much coffee is there this morning? Are we running out? Nope. <laughs> so here's the thing. Every now and then, Eric and I wonder, is anybody listening? Does anybody care? If you are listening, and if you care, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment and add a review, a rating, a something to wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Share this podcast on your social media channels, or just hit Eric and I up and let us know that, yup, you're listening, yup, you care, and yes, we are making a difference.